Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. And I'm Garrett Price. (laughs) You wanted to do the old one again, didn't you? It was kind of a hybrid. We should just go back to the old one. I think that's what the people want. Yeah, probably. We just go back and say, hey, this is Matt O'Hare and Garrett Price. We're like, oh, hey. You're like, hi. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. (laughs) So uh, today we're back. This Obviously, this shows out a little bit earlier than normal, hence why we're on Zoom doing this as well, because we're recording on a Sunday compared to a Tuesday night. Because we just want to get this out before the NFL draft. We have a big week this week, the NFL draft. For all of us dynasty players, this is an absolute amazing week for us because we finally get to find out where all these rookies that we've been talking about for, some can say a year now, are finally going to end up. And we're going to know where they're playing, what scheme they're in, what fit they're going to play, and what they're really going to bring to the dynasty table. Uh, We're going to see some players stock get a boost this week. Why? They get drafted a little bit higher and find themselves in a better situation with a more clear path to opportunity. And then we'll find some players that drop down the board a little bit because they land in a situation maybe that we're not as happy with. Maybe it's a running back who you know falls behind Jonathan Taylor, something along those lines, but it's going to happen. So I'm excited to find out where these players land, who they're going to be. So before we get into that uh, next week, we're going to talk all draft next week. Today, we decided we're going to do a two-round Superflex tight end premium mock draft, followed with our Nerd Herd episode of giving you our top 36 1QB PPR players between Matt, Garrett, and myself. And uh, it's always good to have a good, clear-cut top 36 pre-draft and see where these guys stand on their college merits alone, and then to see where they end up in the NFL draft and where that boost is. And then you kind of mix those two in between and when you do your rookie draft, there should be enough information uh, to get you through to make some very wise decisions. Before we get into this show, I want to get talk to you about DynastyDepot.com. We've been talking about for a while now. If you've not had the opportunity to go over to DynastyDepot.com, I encourage everybody this week to get over to DynastyDepot.com. Check them out. Check out all the teams that are available. Yeah, remember, this is an FFPC format, which is a tight end premium league. FFPC is a, is a platform has never had a dynasty league fold. This is a platform that allows high stake players to play high stakes dynasty leagues. And what dynasty Depot does is gives you an opportunity to buy these teams. Some at a premium because they're built to win now. And some at an extreme discount, you can buy into a thousand dollar league for as low as $75. That's amazing. Right now at dynasty Depot, it's no cost to go look at these teams that are available. And right now they're often a special promotion with the code nerds. That's right. Use that promo code nerds and you can get their usual 49.99 yearly uh, program buy-in for 14.99. Right now with that promo code nerds, get it for 14.99. This is going to give you opportunity to go there, bid on teams and most importantly, sell teams. This is an opportunity to expand your dynasty game today and kind of treat, you know, dynasty teams like eBay. Right now, you can build a team or sell a team for profit. Do it all on DynastyDepot.com. Check them out right now. Use that promo code NERDS and buy yourself or sell yourself a new Dynasty team today. Either get some money in your top pocket or get prepared to win some money. So, guys. You just tell people to sell themselves? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell yourself short. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and sell yourself short. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I'm I'm for sale for the right price. <laughs> We're we talking. Where are we going? <laughs> the draft got to draft in my backyard on Thursday. Going down there on Friday, taking the kids. Gonna kick some field goals in First Energy Stadium. Can't wait. That'll be there awesome, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go teabag the Ravens helmet, but that's just me. Don't tell anybody. Nobody's <laughs> listening, right? Nobody, nobody does. <laughs> so, like we said, this mock draft is gonna be a tight end super flex premium draft. Wait, it's a super flex tight end premium draft. There you that's, go. That's I'm a lot more concise. The place yep. today. It's a Sunday. I'm a little dis- I'm a little uh a little boggled in the brain right here. I'm not used to doing podcasts on Sundays. Using my <laughs> using my one day uh to decompress, but not today. The nerds are calling. They're knocking on my door. They're like, hey, you get a podcast. I'm like, okay, I just work here. Stay pressed, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> so the trap door is going to go Matt, myself, and then Garrett. Uh, remember, all these picks are going to be super flex, tight end premium leagues. Some of these picks we won't have to go as into detail with because some of them will just will be clear uh, and just clear cut. So there's no need to go into heavy detail. But we'll get the pick while we're making the pick, and then we'll chime in where needed be. So let's kick it off right now because we're doing a two-round mock draft. So we've got 24 picks to make. Matt, Superflex, tight end premium. You get the easiest pick of the draft at 1-1. Where are you going? 2021, number one pick in a Superflex, tight end premium uh, draft. There is no other pick than to, to go Trevor Lawrence. Six foot six, 213 pounds, flowing locks of hair. I mean, he just has... Franchise quarterback written all over him. I mean, he's probably the highest rated quarterback prospect coming out since Andrew Luck or possibly Peyton Manning. He does everything well. He could attack all levels of the field. The only real weakness that I saw in his game during the pre-draft like run-up was, you know, he didn't handle pressure right up the gut all that well. I mean, not a lot of quarterbacks do, though. Um, so... He does. I mean, he maneuvers in the pocket other than that really well. And, and he has like legitimate running skills. I think that's probably the under the undersold part of his game and going to that urban Meyer offense there in Jacksonville, which is the presumed pick at one, one in, in the NFL draft. It's, I think a, a, a match made in heaven and he's yeah. just going to be one of these guys that starts immediately as a startable commodity for you. I think. Yeah. Anybody who says that Trevor Lawrence isn't a one, one in super flex rookie drafts, immediately unfollow them uh don't talk to them anymore they're incorrect and you know when it comes to drafts like this you it's hard to say because nothing's set in stone but even that being said with nothing set in stone trevor lawrence is still the picker he's offers the highest upside i don't care if trey lance people say he offers highest upside trey lance is a guy who did it for one year uh that's all and what trevor lawrence is and you don't see many prospects like trevor lawrence come through the nfl these days guys that were the number one high school recruit comes in as the number one high school recruit, goes to college football, wins a national championship as a freshman, uh, gets in the playoffs year in, year out as a freshman, and then goes to the NFL draft and will be the you know guaranteed number one pick overall. You don't see many players that live up to that standard, right? They're the clear cut from high school all the way to the pros, the number one guy throughout the whole process. That is enough to tell you by itself that he's the one one here because he has all the pedigree that you need. It doesn't matter who's on Jacksonville, uh, who the head coach is, or what's going on. He's a he's a franchise changer, and he's going to be somebody that's going to take the Jaguars. It's not about where they're at this year. It's where the Jet, Trevor Lawrence is going to take, take, take them. And this is dynasty fantasy football. This is not redrafts. So you're taking Trevor Lawrence 1-1, and you're going to build around him for a very long time. 
I understand right now you could probably get an extreme haul for one, one. I know I did in the league where I traded away that pick, but I did it. I also had uh three quarterback or other quarterbacks in the league. And I got three, uh, one, three and one, five for it from Rob Wozniak. You know, it was a great trade. Thanks was, uh, and I'm okay with it. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily need Trevor Lawrence. Now that's being silly. Cause everybody needs a Trevor Lawrence, but have being lucky enough to hit on Justin Herbert kind of made that a little bit more of an easier decision for me. So I love the pick. It's a clear cut pick. We probably spent too much time talking about why it's a good pick, but I just want to reassure people because a lot of people have their drafts the fall on Monday, like right after the NFL draft. So I just want to make sure whatever happens, don't make the mistake. If you're in a super flex flex league of not taking Trevor Lawrence one, one, he's that much a difference maker. And he'll make that much of a difference to your dynasty team. So now I'm on a clock here at one, two. And I said, you know, to begin this process, we cover quarterbacks first. I would take Zach Wilson one, two right now, and there wouldn't be much to change it. And I think the only thing that's going to really change it. And I know I put that tweet on there. Whoever San Francisco takes will be my one, two, uh, no matter what. I, I'm not going to stay there because if they take Mac Jones, I'm not moving Mac Jones up to my one, two. You know, it, we're playing fantasy football. Yeah, he might still be a very good quarterback. A lot of reports coming out how smart he is. I love his accuracy as well, but I'm just not going to take him over guys like, you know, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, who not only, you know, Zach Wilson, who I'm taking, I mean, he led or he was second in FBS in completion accurate, you know, completion percentage. So he is also a very accurate quarterback. I love Zach Wilson's game. I love his accuracy. I love his mobility. I love the way he can get the ball out quickly uh, at all different angles. I know his level of competition wasn't nearly as high as Trevor Lawrence, as Justin Fields, but I really like this kid's game a lot. I love the fact that uh, he's just a, a baller. I love the way he gets his arm, uh, his arm angles out. His RPOs are really good as well. Really reminds me of Baker Mayfield a lot. Some people might look at that as a bad thing. I look at it as a really good thing. Now, if Justin Fields does go to San Francisco, and he ends up being the number three overall pick and knock Matt Jones, I would take Justin Fields over Zach Wilson here because Fields and Wilson are neck and neck for me. And I'm a, I just like what I saw on that 21 tape a little bit better over Justin Fields. And, I, you know, and just like Matt said before, like what could have been with Zach Wilson if he didn't Torres Labrum back in 2019? And maybe he could have been had two consecutive good years. But I really liked what I uh, saw on film from Zach Wilson. He looks like a really good quarterback in my eyes with a strong arm, very accurate, and also mobile. So he's my pick at 1-2, which would put – if anybody's got anything to say, let me know. And then Garrett go on the clock at 1-3. Uh, I mean, I, I like to pick here as well. That's where I have Zach Wilson. And I, and I feel very similar to you um, with the San Francisco pick. Um, depending on who goes there, there could be a situation where Justin Fields leap, you know, leaps uh, Zach Wilson and gets into that number two spot for me as well. So I, I think we're seeing kind of eye to eye there as well. Um, but, you know, neither of those other two, Mac Jones or, or Trey Lance to me, um, could get there, even with the San Francisco pick, I don't think. I, I do. I like Zach Wilson as well. I think Zach Wilson's a really talented player. Uh, I, I think the best part of his game is his his quick release. Uh, he just gets the ball out so quickly. And I think, uh, you know, coming from a Shanahan system, I think they're going to really be able to utilize that well. Assuming everything that we know right now is, is Zach Wilson of the Jets set too. Assuming that does take place and it wasn't one of the best smoke screens of all time, you know, that's going to be the case. Uh, but I still have on my board right now, I have Justin Fields slightly ahead 
of of Zach Wilson. So for me, uh, it's a it's a pretty easy selection of Justin Fields here at 103. Uh, they are both very talented quarterbacks, and I do like Trey Lance as well. I think I think he has some some crazy crazy upside. But the more that I dig into Justin Fields, the more I listen about Justin Fields, the more I learn about Justin Fields, the more I absolutely love him. I was actually listening today uh, and I even tweeted out something about this. I was listening to Move the Sticks uh, with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. And, and Daniel Jeremiah is one of my favorite guys to cover the draft. He really, he knows his stuff. He's a former scout, all this. And he was, had an interview with Ryan Day and Ryan Day had uh, Joe Burrow actually at Ohio State for a little bit. He was his quarterback coach as well. And one of Ryan Day's comments was that Justin Fields processes information very similar to Joe Burrow. Like he sees things and he can Im- implement it on the field right away. There's not like that big learning curve for him. And that was something that really struck me that if you have somebody with the athletic ability of Justin Fields. We're talking about a six foot three guy and, and he's not scrawny either. Some of these quarterbacks we see come in kind of frail. He, he weighed in at 228 pounds. Like he's a big physical kid, very strong arm, good at running around. Uh, one of the things that he didn't do as well as other players is some of the off script stuff, which I think he, he could easily develop that at the next level at times. So I really, really like Justin Fields. You can combine that athletic ability with the 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 intelligence that, from all reports I'm hearing, he has. I think he's a he's a win win guy. Yeah, I think it's an easy pick for you here at one three. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure tons of people will take Justin Fields at one two, and I have no problem with that either. Too, just because I'm saying I'm taking Wilson at two does not mean I don't like Justin Fields a lot. I think he's a very good prospect. I saw the same report to you uh, this time of year. I kind of take those with a grain of salt at the same time because it is head coach that's talking them up sure. here. So, um, but it's good to hear things like that as well, that he can't process information. I think Justin Fields is a fantastic prospect. The things, same things we said about Trevor Lawrence, right? Come to the nation. He was the number two overall prospect right behind Trevor Lawrence, um, but then, you know, got beat out by Jake Fromm, which was a huge mistake by George's part, uh, massive mistake, um, which allowed him to go to Ohio State, who had some really good weapons there. So I think it's a great pick here. To me, in a super flex league, these are easily the one, two, three picks. And it doesn't matter who around these guys or where Justin Fields goes. If Justin Fields falls behind Mac Jones, I still would take Justin Fields ahead of Mac Jones, even when he's in San Francisco, because I love his athletic ability. And in today's game, today's game, when it comes to fantasy football production, you do need, you know, not technically, okay, you don't need them, but you would really like that your quarterback has some rushing ability because those 400 rushing yards could be the difference between being QB nine and being QB six overall. You know what I mean? There's that, right. that's a big difference there overall when it comes to fantasy production. I'll take those extra four points per game on basis from the rushing quarterback. And that's where he would get over the edge for a guy like Mac Jones for me. Okay, so moving on to um, one four, I'm back on the clock here. And I think for me, it, it, it wasn't the easiest pick. I could have kind of flip-flopped and gone either way here, but I ended up going with Mac Jones based on the fact that I'm guessing he's probably going to end up in San Francisco. If he doesn't, I could definitely flip-flop between um, him and him and Trey Lance, depending on landing spots, because those two I think are close for me. Um, similar to Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are close. They're kind of in a tier. And then uh, Mac Jones and Trey Lance are in a tier. And 
I don't see a lot of flipping between the tiers, but you know, these two could end up uh, uh, going back and forth depending on landing spot. But Mac Jones, you know, like you had mentioned, a lot of reports are coming out about how, you know, he's testing so well with all these teams just on his ability to consume knowledge and process things very quickly. And that is a very important piece that's hard to quantify um, in this whole pre-draft process. To, so to hear glowing reviews about Mac Jones and the fact that he's basically blowing people's um, socks off here in the interview process is good. I do like his ability to move within the pocket. I know he is, you know, the the prototypical pocket passer, but I think he does a really good job processing and and just, you know, knowing when to step side sidestep the rush. And I think he processes quickly because he he's able to navigate and and throw into very small windows close to the line of scrimmage. Um, and you know, I don't think he's the most talented guy downfield. But I think he, I think he's accurate enough down there, and he's a he's a distributor. And if he gets into a Kyle Shanahan type of offense, and he has good weapons around him, I think he can be fantasy football relevant. I to me, he is he is really um, a Philip Rivers type of quarterback. That's how I see him in a pro, as a prospect. And Philip Rivers had a time there when he was very fantasy relevant. I know these past few years have have stained the name a little bit of Philip Rivers, but. There was a nice chunk of time when he was a, a very consistent quarterback one. Yeah, and he has the weapons in San Francisco right now that fit him perfectly. Devo Samuel, Brendan Ayuk, mm-hmm. George Kittle there, keep everything cl- close. Uh, a pass catcher running back that can get pretty high in the second round as well. Uh, and Mac Jones, you're right, accuracy is the key there. I mean, this guy set an all-time record when it comes to completion percentage, which is 77.4% completion percentage. That's nothing to sneeze at at a high level. And I don't know if it was Garrett that brought this up, or I heard it somewhere else. So I, if it wasn't you, Garrett, I apologize who, who did say it. Like people talk about like, oh, all the weapons that Mac Jones had, all the weapons that Mac Jones had. And I mean, he really just had Devontae Smith because Jalen Waddle got hurt, you know, um, and there was another big time superstar going on right there in Alabama. It was pretty much Devontae Smith. And it was actually Mac Jones that made everybody else better around him as well. So, I mean, if him in San Francisco, I think will lock it up. I'm with you, Matt. I think the tier, there's Trevor Lawrence in the tier by himself in Superflex. Then Zach Wilson, Justin Fields in their own tier. And then Trey Lance and Mac Jones in a tier for me as well. And if you can get Mac Jones in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and they trade up three, they give up two other first round picks besides their first this year to get him, then that easily locks him in here to me as the one four overall. And that 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 shows you how good like when we were doing this draft, I think we got it right around two, four, two, five. And I'm like, man, if you have anywhere from two, five down, you're getting yourself a really good high quality prospect. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you get a quarterback like this at one four, that doesn't happen a lot in these super flex leagues. You know what I mean? And for me, I always feel like even though Mac Jones isn't that sexy of a pick, but if, if it we're doing, you said you did this, assuming he went to San Francisco and there's guys out there like Kyle Pitts. So I love more than just about anybody. There's Najee Harris. There's Demar chase, Devonte Smith. I mean, he'd have to be the pick because if you could translate that comp- completion percentage, into San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, which there's no reason you think he can't, then this is a guy that's going to throw for 4,000 yards continually mm-hmm. and have the touchdowns there and not throw interceptions. I mean, this is be a Scott Fishbowl dream guy. You know what I mean? Like with his completion percentage and, and not interceptions, he's going to score, score very highly in formats like this. So what a great value here at one four. If that's I'm actually going to be, I'm going to be a little different than you guys. This was a little, this was a little high for me. 
partly because I don't think Mac Jones has a super high ceiling. I think, you know, I just can't envision him being a top six guy with offering basically no rushing production at all with how, you know, with how we've seen the league go right now. He's not going to, I mean, he'd be lucky to get what 150, 200 yards. He would be pretty happy with. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he even got there. Yeah, I, I think that was probably generous. So that, that's the thing. Like, I, I think I don't think there's any way in the, the foreseeable future for him to be a top six or top eight type of guy. And I think he's a good prospect. I don't necessarily think he's a special prospect. So at this point for me, I would rather either go with a guy like Trey Lance that I think does have more upside and just as much safety. I don't think either one's safer than the other necessarily. Or take a top player at a different position like a Pitts or Javante or Chase or you know somebody like that where they're they're the top guy at the position. I this this at one at one four. I just don't think there's enough upside for me to want to take him here. If it's one six one seven, sure, I would probably be in there. But I think this is a little high for me. But but Matt said this is like presuming that he goes. To, obviously, he said if this uh, sure. doesn't go yeah. to San Francisco, I'm assuming that too. Yeah. See, I I I disagree. You know, strongly here on that because, and I know this is Matt Pick. Matt, you could you could say why you went to Secret too, just because again, this is a player that you know, basically they're they're staking their jobs on, right? Kyle Shanahan's one of the, arguably one of the best coaches in the NFL, and they're staking their jobs on Mac Jones if they made this case. They're giving up multiple picks, so he is locked in at the guy here. So again, long term commitment out of a guy like them and somebody who knows quarterbacks probably as good as anybody in the NFL, and a guy like Kyle Shanahan is they're willing to give up that much love. Again, I'm still not all in that it's even going to be Mac Jones. Like, I still think they should take yeah, Justin not, Fields. Right. I think, it's a, I think it's a smoke screen. Because I'm with you, Garrett. I'm with you. Like, I don't, I would never give up that capital for Mac Jones. Like, and the only reason I say this would be a good pick is if he, if, if he lines in that situation with, like, they gave up all that capital for him and he lands up in that system, like, he's going to have to but succeed. And it, you mentioned it, the quarterbacks do, a, though, succeed like that. I mean, Peyton Manning's done it. Tom Brady does it. There is quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger does it. I mean, there's there's quarterbacks that produce at a high level if, if the yards are there. And if he's just accurate and schemed correctly to him, like I said, you're talking about a guy who's going to be in double-digit touchdowns with almost a very low interception rate year in, year out. I mean, it might not be top six quarterbacks, but we know this in Superflex, you don't need to be a top six. You just need to be a QB one, and that's good enough. And that's good enough to be – the value this pick here. You know what I mean? Well, Over the other tough part about term. San Francisco, and I understand why people love him to San Francisco because Kyle Shanahan's great at what he does. But we also have to remember Kyle Shanahan really likes to run the football. Like he wants to have a balanced attack. It's not going to be what Arizona is where they're airing it out 50 times a game. It's not going to be what, uh, you know, Kansas City is where they're airing it out 50 times a game. Good games, he's going to get 30 to 35 passes. Yeah, but no, I think that's I think that's the case with Jimmy Garoppolo when he was with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was league MVP. You know what I mean? Like it's I think he I think the reason they did this is because he has Jimmy Garoppolo, so they've been forced to run the football a little bit more. Like Maybe. I think they've been a little bit limited here, and he also likes to throw to the running back as well, which is going to increase those odds, uh, uh, or not odds yards for their running back. So I know I've been I've been arguing Matt's pick here, but Matt, if you got anything to say, like. Again, I, I, I you've just, done a fantastic job for me, Rich. Thank I you adamantly much, disagree here in Superflex leagues. We talk about yeah. all the time. Like, if you're in a Superflex leagues, the opportunity to get a QB one, it, it's really hard to do. And you have again, I'm with you. Like, I'm not arguing that Mac Jones is coming here and lighting the league on fire and gonna be QB even six. Like, I think in Kyle Shan's system, this he could live anywhere, be like Kirk Cousins, right? Anywhere from nine to quarterback thirteen on a year in year out basis. 
with the weapons they have. Cause I love Ayuk. I love Debo. I love Kittle. And I love the fact that I think they would get a pass catcher running back in that system. And to me, to get a guy like that at one, four, you're picking at one, four, you know what I mean? And then you said one, six, but like, when are you ever going to be in a position in a Superflex league to get a guy that could be a QB one year in and year out? Like it's just a young court. It's just not, you're, you don't get those opportunities very often. And to me, for me, the way I play Superflex is like, I'd have to absolutely jump on that situation there easily over Trey Lance, because that to me, again, I, I'm looking at a safe pick, right? Like I look at this sure. as a safe pick because of the capital they gave up and with Kyle Shannon, like all the factors that went into Mac Jones land in San Francisco makes it a safe pick where Trey Lance, like we talked about him coming out, Garrett. I mean, he had that one good year at North Dakota. So the competition is boo-boo at best. And then the one game he comes back in 2019, to be fair, though, it's, it's hard for anybody to succeed, succeed in that situation, but he did not look that good. So like for me to sit here and say, I'm taking Trey Lance over one, four for a guy who always says you need to take quarterbacks here. I'm on the net on the clock next. I'm taking Najee Harris over Trey Lance. Okay. Because of those factors where I'm sitting here, I'm at one five. Yes. I have an opportunity to get a, a quarterback here. Now, if I desperately needed a quarterback here, I could see myself taking Trey Lance, but in the vacuum where we're doing this mock draft, like I think Najee Harris, Harris is way more safe than a guy like Trey Lance. And I think Trey Lance wouldn't be good enough year one if Najee Harris hits and he ends up being a running back prospect. I think it could be. I know you two have Javante Williams at number one, but to me, it's Najee Harris easily. I actually have Javante Williams as my number three running back. But to me, it's Najee Harris easily as my running back one here. And if Najee Harris hits, he ends up being, say, what a lot of people are coming to, like the next Matt Forte, I'll be able to flip Najee Harris in two years or a quarterback that I want that has some upside, even if they add a little bit more on top of it. So my pick here at one five, I'm taking the number one offensive player on my board. That's not a quarterback in the Superflex league. I really wanted to lead and take Kyle Pitzer. I really did. And I know I originally tweet out like Kyle Pitts is my one four in Superflex leagues. But the more I thought about it, it's like, man, if Najee Harris turns into an elite running back in a really good situation, even in a Superflex league, there's no tight end that I really can't trade for because it all boils back down to the, the running backs and high-end running backs are always going to be the cream of crop in fantasy football. Always. Even if you need to go trade for a quarterback in a super flex league, you might have to add on to that top-tier running back, but you can still go get them because running backs always rule. Definitely when they're really young and really talented. So I'm going Najee Harris here at 1-5. I mean, I think you laid it out kind of um, you know a compelling argument. I mean, obviously, Garrett and I both have Javante Williams ahead of him, so I don't think either one of us would have made this particular pick. But I mean, this is the spot where you're going to have to start making those kind of decisions. You know what I mean? Um, is it is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Or are you starting to you know starting to tick the best player at a different position? Is it a tight end? Is it the running back? Is are we going the best wide receiver? And I think this is kind of the range where things get very tricky in the draft um, in super flexes because I mean super flex tight end premium drafts in particular. Um, so, I mean, while I wouldn't have taken Najee here, I totally get why you, why you would, I'm not going to like rip you for taking Najee here. Cause he's my second, he's my second rated running back. It's not like he's my fourth rated running back or anything like that. And he has a ton of upside. There's just a couple of things that I don't like on tape that I do like more about Javante Williams. So that's why I got Javante Williams. There. I, and I, I'm with you. I think running back, uh, taking, taking Najee here, I think is a great pick and he offers, maybe 
the most safety of almost any of these picks that we're going to be able to take in the first round because we know he's going to have at least decent draft capital. I mean, I think worst case scenario, he's going to be in the top 10 picks of the second round, if not the first round. So we know he's going to go to a team that needs a running back. He's going to get volume. So I think he is one of the safer picks in the in the class. So I have no problem taking him here. Like Matt said, I would personally go Javante, but I don't have any problem with Najee here. I think it's a good pick. And I wouldn't have a problem if anybody took Javante Williams or Travis Etienne here. It's just because, again, sometimes you get a, you get a misconception when, when you rank players, like you don't like a player. But like our our job here as analysts is to rank the players. But it doesn't mean I don't love them. Like I like Javante Williams tape a lot. You know what I mean? Like so if somebody mm-hmm. took Javante Williams, I wouldn't be like, oh, bad pick. You know, like what a terrible pick. Now, if you took Chuba Hubbard here, I'd be like, well, terrible pick. Bad That's pick, just my right, opinion. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, I look at all those running backs in a tier. Like they're all in the same tier. Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne. But my tier, my tier is also, it's pretty clear cut for me, but it's not just a, a wide margin. Like I low, I like Najee more than I like Travis Etienne. And then I like Javante Williams. I would take him in that order every single time. But I love all the running backs. Like they're very close for me, very close. So uh, that's my pick. Garrett, you're on the clock here. So you're at one six. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Trey Lance. So I'm going to take the last of the big five quarterbacks here at one six. I really like Trey Lance. We've talked about it a million times. His ceiling is incredible. He can do everything you want to. There's a lot of these Josh Allen comps, uh, Cam Newton comps. And I think that that is his ceiling. I think he could be one of those guys. He has a very, very strong arm. He's extremely, extremely athletic. We, we talked about it before, how he was being recruited to play multiple positions for bigger schools than he went to. He just had a strong desire to play quarterback, and, and he got the opportunity there at North Dakota State. I, th- I know that there's an issue with a little bit of lower competition and not as much time, but with what he's been given, that's all, that's all we have to go on is what he did do. And he had a whole season where he didn't throw an interception the entire season, which I don't care if you're playing high school football, that's incredible to not throw a single interception when you're also putting up that volume of yards and passing touchdowns. I think he's a really, really good player, especially for how football is being played in 2021 with how many RPO things we have going on, uh, with how many teams are are looking to do more off-scheduled plays and, 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 utilize the athletic ability of some of these players. I I think that is something that is being a little overlooked with him. I get the concerns about, about Trey Lance, but I, I don't know that he's any less safe than some of these other guys. I mean, Zach Wilson really only had like one and a half seasons at a, you know, a little bit of a lower level, a little bit of a lower level as well. So it's not like he has tons more snaps uh, at the college level. Uh, Mac Jones only had the one season that he played. So, and even well, just one, one, one in a bit on Mac Jones, right? Oh, that's true. With, yeah. With, he, he got a season and a half. Right. Uh, right. Cause he filled in for, for two of last Tua. year. Mm-hmm. And even Justin Fields was really a season and a half. He only played six games until he went to the uh, college football player. So, I mean, a lot of these guys have fewer snaps than we would want Typically, we like to see these guys that have two full seasons. And selfishly, we're looking at three and four seasons that we want to see out of these quarterbacks at the next level. So I don't know that he's inherently that much more risky than a lot of the other guys we're talking about. I mean, but we're not talking like a little bit less uh, experience. We're talking a lot. I mean, the kid hasn't played really football in a year, 
right? He only, First had, of all? he only had two games his freshman year. So then it was 2019 and had 16 games. And then obviously last year he played that one weird game at the end of the year or whatever. Well, I mean, so, dude, I, here, here, don't even, don't, let's never break down years. He has a total of 318 pass attempts total, total. And that's it. I mean, he's super young. He's going to be 20 by the time of the draft. So he's really young as well. And it's just, I mean, I just feel like lately we've been burned on these guys a lot from the draft. Like these really inexperienced guys that have come into the NFL draft that don't have a lot of experience, just haven't really panned out lately. Not saying that Trey Lance hasn't. I'm not even saying this is a bad pick. It's just, he just really worries me. Like I would hate to end up in a situation where I'm forced to take Trey Lance. I really would. So for me, the, the experience, I, I'm really curious where he goes, where he ends up. What teams he's going to be with? Uh, who's going to be coaching him? What is that noise, Rich? Who's, who's nibbling on your feet down there? Is what I want to know. <laughs> I talked. I got off the show for a minute. My dog snuck in. They're they're trying to eat stuff in the studio. Now they're trying to eat each other over here. This is pan, this is pandemonium going on here. Uh, they they hate this tra- They hate this Trey Lance. <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, I, I love I, my face. Just like my grin just kept growing wider. I, I kept wider. trying to ignore it, but at as, some point, as I can, can you see, hear the, can you see hear Rich them trying like to eat each other? Shaking oh, yes. his leg over there. Yeah, absolutely. They're like right next to me trying to eat each other. I mean, in a playful manner, but still, right, come on. right. Um, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, um, you know, my take on Trey Lance is I, I think he is um, one of the guys that's a little bit more risky, but just it's we already laid it out, you know, like he's going from that lower level of competition. Um, and he didn't play last year. Um, so, but the 1100 yards rushing and 14 touchdowns on the ground. I mean, that, that is the stuff that you salivate over, um, yeah. as a fantasy football owner. So it's, it's one of these things he offers a ton of upside and, and he's a big person too, six foot four, 224 pounds. And on tape, he's probably the best running the rushing quarterback in this draft. Um, so I, I, he, he's good. I mean, I think he's also a very good thrower of the football. I think he's got him underrated in, in, in that respect. And the fact that he came from North Dakota state where they do run a more traditionally pro style offense, he's had a lot of exposure that, that some of these players haven't already had. So the 16 games in that offense, um, against a lower level of competition is what you're kind of trying to like way back and forth. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it makes it risky, uh, uh, but the, uh, the upside is huge. And at one, at one six, there's no reason to not take him here in my opinion. Yeah, I would, I think I would wait one more spot. I would probably take Kyle Pitts here and then take Trey Lance. Well, speaking, my, speaking of that, I can, I can see myself doing it. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that, one at one seven, I'm gonna go Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, this is tight end premium. So um really he could have gone higher than this, I kind of feel like. He could have gone at one four and it wouldn't be yeah. crazy. I mean, for for a guy that's six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds, ran a four 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 and um, you know, ten foot nine broad jump. So he's like this super freaky athlete. He's basically a a big wide receiver playing tight end out there. He had 770 yards and 12 touchdowns last year on, in only eight games. He is a freak. He's a jump ball type of guy. He, he's a, you know, you can throw back shoulder fades. You can throw, come, you know, stop routes to him. He, and there's, there's not a lot that this guy can't do. He's just a, an oversized 
he's an oversized wide receiver out there and, and a jump ball guy. He's like, he's going to be a red zone threat. He's just a mismatch waiting to happen at the NFL level. Yeah, it shows you how strong the top of this class is because there's a lot of years in Superflex tight end premium leagues. You, you could argue Kyle Pitts would be the one-two uh, in that class. And, and you're right, because he could have gone as high as one-four. And I hope it's not a situation I would look back if this was my team that I didn't take. I took Najee Harris over him. And the reason I would take him over to a guy like Trey Lance is because, to me, he's the only – he's one of the, fir- the few – guaranteed for sure things in this draft for me like again nothing's guaranteed but for me Kyle Pitts is a guaranteed one of the first ever not one of the first ever he is the first ever Blitnikoff finalist at tight end position uh the guy never dropped a red zone pass we've talked about Kyle Pitts so much this is a guy that we don't sit here and talk about in depth here but to me in a tight end premium league like I said originally we talked about him if you had a chance to get Travis Kelsey at 21 years old where would he go Right. And that's what Kyle Pitts can offer. And I'm really, really interested to see where he goes. Um, that could possibly even potentially move him up to like a spot like one four. Because again, if you put him in Carolina and it's him, DJ Moore, Sam Darnold, and then Robbie Anderson, like I would have a real hard time passing him up at one four with Joe Brady and Matt Rule there. Um, them taking a high. I think he would I think he would become the Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, the focal point of that offense it'd be sam darnold's safety net so matt i absolutely love this pick i'd be on the clock gary do you have anything to say or no i think this is one of the more obvious ones we've talked about him a ton i don't think we need to get into it much more i i yeah. agree this is a great pick yeah so i'm up here at one eight i'm going travis etn i know you guys would easily take javante williams here but Heck i would yeah, take etn here <laughs> i'm real interested to see where he goes in nfl draft um again i really want to see him in among the jets that's that's my dream spot for me is him end up on the jets from a fantasy football standpoint because i think those first couple of years he's going to be a running back one if that's the case in the outside zone a plant and go kind of receiver and i know a lot of people do, you know that they, they knock him because he doesn't have as many um traits that they would prefer out of some of these other running backs. They think of, they think of a little bit more one dimensional, even though he expanded his pass, passing pass catching game this year. But you know, the more I think about Travis Etienne, let's look over his, his, his whole career is he's, he's been a very good running back for three years straight, right? This guy has been accomplished for three years straight. There's no question. Can Travis Etienne win, right? He won at the highest level of college football year in, in a year out, this is a very talented running back um, who we liked a lot last year and came out this year and expanded his game into pass catch a running back. I think he offers a lot of fantasy football upside here. Um, definitely get him involved in that passing game. So where he ends up is going to really, I've said th- these guys are real close for me. So the NFL draft will determine if I change my rankings up, I could see Javante Williams possibly getting a bump, you know, Javante Williams in Pittsburgh is a nice fit, but if Travis Etienne ends in the spot I want to in an outside zone scheme, like a place, like I said, um, in the New York Jets, if somehow he ends up in you know uh, San Francisco to go along, which, well, they don't have any picks <laughs> after all this trade, but if he ends up in a spot that I really love, then I think Travis Etienne here is my number two running back in a one QB league. I would take him one, two right now. So just out of that well-accomplished career at Clemson, dominating the FCC, almost 5,000 total rushing yards in four years. I mean, this guy is just too good for me to pass up here. Um, what are we at? One eight. Is that what we said? One eight. Yeah. It's yep. I'm yep. getting myself a high, a high quality running back where if he is even a running back one to me, he's a top 16 fantasy football running back. And I love getting that here at one eight. Listen, um, 
I'm not going to beat you up too much. I mean, obviously, we've already said that we would have already taken Javante Williams, so I don't think this is a terrible spot for ETN to go. He is one of these guys that I need to see where he's going to land because I think he's there's some things that he has some deficiencies in his game. He's he's not a great between the tacklers, uh, between the tackles type of runner. He needs to be out in space a little bit more. Um, so if he lands in a creative offense where they're going to be doing those things, I, I think he can. I think he can jump up some spots here um, in, in my overall rankings. I'm not sure he's going to beat out Javante or um, uh, Najee Harris. Thank you. Um, yeah, he won't beat out Najee no matter where he lands for me. First, yeah. So, you know, but in my overall rankings, he might be able to creep yeah. up a little bit depending on landing spots. So we'll see. Um, I like Travis Etienne. He's an explosive player, but I think he's a, a space player. Yeah, uh, but what got me back to that too, Matt, is was – so many, so many of these offenses are switching that kind of offense. You know, they're, they're switching close to that that college game, that RPO, that outside zone scheme. Everybody's stealing it from the Shanahan's. We've right. seen it. We've seen it expand so much over these last couple of years. Uh, the the two tight end sets, right, right, run, run the twelve personnel. We've seen a lot of that expand as well. So we're seeing, we've slowly seen this college game kind of switch a little bit more. The NFL game to that college game. So oh, yeah. I, there's so many more landing spots for a guy like Travis Etienne's game and that really does translate to the nfl I mean, we've talked about a lot of players that in our last couple episodes like yo this this player is playing 20 years ago he'd be a very good player but in today's dating game he's got no room to play so that's why i like travis Etienne, just a hair over a guy like javante williams who's pretty much just a pinball machine i i still do like travis Etienne. he was a player that i was was really really high on last year and just just the more i dug into his tape the more not, I don't want to say red flags, but the more yellow flags I started to see in Travis Etienne's game where he, 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 yes, he has great burst, but I don't think his top end speed is necessarily special, but it's, it's at zero to 60, which is special, which is more important for running back. So I'm okay with that, but his vision is really subpar. Uh, so I, I am concerned a little bit about his vision, being able to, to see the holes and he's not a guy that's going to create on his own. He's going to need the offense to create for him. And so, uh, you know, I, I've said it probably for months now, but he is the most landing spot dependent running back out of all of these guys. And you could tell me that he ends up being the first running back off of the board at 2-1, and I wouldn't be shocked. Well, I would be shocked because that's Jacksonville. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, you could tell me that he falls all the way to the back end of the second, and I could see that happening too. So, there's just so many question marks in there that I'm just not willing to take him over the guy who I'm about to talk about now at one nine in Javante Williams. Javante Williams came in a, a hair shorter. He's about five, nine uh, and some change. Uh, and, uh, but watching Javante Williams play was just such a breath of fresh air had over 1100 yards at 7.3, a clip 19 touchdowns, a guy that just, had a nose for the end zone. And he is the true definition of a three down back. There weren't any holes where I was like, oh, I'm concerned with his receiving ability. Nope, he can do that. He can do that well. Uh, I'm concerned with his pass blocking. Nope, he does that pretty well too. Uh, could go between the tackles, but has enough speed to get on the outside at times too. Like there, there's just no obvious holes in Javante's game. I just feel so confident that assuming the draft capital is there, which Everything I'm hearing, uh, and even Connor Rogers, uh, one of the YouTube videos we talked about, he said he believes Javante's a lock for a top 50 pick. 
I, I think if that's the case and he is top 50 in the draft and he goes to a team that is not going to put him in a committee but allow him to be that three down back, we're talking about a top eight, top 10 type of fantasy running back. Yeah, and that's where he could jump Travis Etienne. I mean, Etienne and Javante Williams are so close for me. Like, wherever they land is going to determine where I have them ranked. Because I, I do. I love Javante Williams. I love I love Javante's tape just as much as you do. He does everything really well. I mean, there's not a there's not a player you watch in this draft that has players bounce off him more than Javante. So a very, very good prospect. It's a reason why we have these players, these running backs for us, one, two, three, right? Because the receiving class is a little bit deeper, even though it's not as nearly as deep as I want it to, but running back trumps all in fantasy football. And there's Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle in this class as well. And we're taking all three of these running backs ahead of them currently. Matt, you're on the clock. All right. Yeah. Um, 1.9 or no, one, uh, one ten. Um, I am going to go Devonte Smith, the, a- the aforementioned, uh, first wide receiver off the board. And at this point, like you'd mentioned, we're through all the tops at some positions. You know what I mean? All, all those top three running backs are gone. The top tight ends off the board, all the quarterbacks are gone. And now we're finally at, at, at one ten. we're making the, this amazing pick of Devonte Smith. So, you know, obviously six foot one 166 pounds i think is what is in everybody's head right now um out there just wondering like is this guy going to be able to do it but it was never an issue with me i mean the the physicality that he plays with he plays a much bigger game than 166 pounds and you know there was a lot of reports that i think I, i i was listening on the radio and there was a verified weight you know, during season that he was up at 170, he was in 170 pounds. So this is something that he's during the off season, he's probably trying to cut some weight and trying to get faster and all that kind of stuff. Um, he didn't run. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I'd love to see a time on him. I, I have a feeling he's not like a high end speedster type of guy, but he's fast football fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, he, he's, he can be, he can be a gadget player. He can win on all sorts of, of, levels of the field and Devonte smith is is my clear-cut wide receiver one this year um you know jamar chase he gets an honorable mention but he's definitely my, my number two yeah so richie okay you dying you dying now? I'll, I'll talk while you die okay. uh <laughs> i i love Devonta smith we were three for three on having him as our top wide receiver matt Harmon, another guy we talked to this offseason uh his reception perception data is awesome he came out, and one of the big concerns that I heard, which always kind of makes me chuckle uh, because people telling themselves a little bit, is how is Devonta Smith at 166 pounds going to beat press coverage? Well, first of all, there is, there's less press coverage at the NFL level than I think people realize. People always want to go back to that. Some of the best corners in the game don't even – like Richard Sherman almost never presses. Like his entire career, he almost never presses. So that's funny, first of all. Second of all, Matt Harmon's data says that in college football uh, at the wide receiver position, he posted a 78.9% success rate versus press coverage in 2020, which was the best in this draft class. So he was the best against press coverage in 2020 in this draft class. Oh, by the way, in 2019, he was also the best against press coverage. So like he beats press coverage regularly like that's not an issue for him and it's not like he's playing at some small tiny little school he's playing in the sec against the best athletes in the game 
So the fact that you can get this guy, and we haven't even talked about the rest of the receivers that are still on the board, but that shows how this, you know, end of the first round to the beginning of the second round, there's just so much value to be had because we're getting a receiver that just won the Heisman Trophy at 110. That was a great pick, man. Thank yeah, you, I, I love that he's our clear-cut number one for all of us. I mean, again, Jamar Chase is a great prospect. and He's one too easily for me, and he falls in that category. Like, I wouldn't argue anybody taking Chase over Devonta Smith, which sure. is funny because people would argue you taking Smith over Chase, which is silly to me. But, I mean, Gary, you laid out perfectly and yeah we look at him to his like you'll say oh rich will you tell you about this guy flying away like a kite or a tumbleweed but you don't talk about Devonte smith that way no you want to know why because i look at Devonte smith as an outlier this is the guy who won the heisman trophy first guy in over 50 years won the heisman trophy at the receiver position uh and there's guys that have had high success in this position as wait guys like marvin harrison guys like tory holt they're hall of fame wide receivers and i look at Devonte smith in that mold where a guy who's just I, I nicknamed him on a, a, a Chase Vernon's podcast. I'm now no longer calling him Devontae Smith. I'm calling him Devontae Smooth because that's what he is. He's just a very smooth wide receiver. And I love Devontae Smooth a ton. He's my number one wide receiver on this board. And I would take him. Again, I don't care if Chase goes ahead of him in uh, in, in the Cincinnati. As a matter of fact, I think that's even more argument for, like, say Devontae Smith goes to Detroit and Jamar Chase goes to uh, Cincinnati. I'm like, well, he's back with Joe Burrow. Yeah, but you also have Joe Mixon there. You also have T. Higgins there. You also have Tyler Boyd there. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Oh, look, he ends up in Detroit. Hey, DeAndre Swift. Hey, T.J. Hawkinson. Hey, other receivers. I don't know, need, need to get to know your names. Tyrell the Gazelle. How old are you? 39, 45, 55, 85? I don't know. I don't can't even count that high. I'm, I'm too small. I can't even see you. you're like the top leading tower of giant wide receivers over there. Quintus Cephas. Oh, nice to meet you too, buddy. Great. I'm the number one here. Oh, Jared Goff, you can't throw deep? Sweet. I get off the line real quick. I'm real smooth. Throw it right to the sideline. I'm going to catch it every single time. I love it. I love it a ton. Great pick. So well, what thanks. am I? 111? Yeah, 111. You're up. Yeah, you, Gary, you're right. Look at it. 110, you get Devontae Smith. At 111, I get Jamar Chase. What is going on around here? Dude, Look at us. Super flex drafts this year. The end of the first, beginning of the second is just yeah. crazy value. It was crazy is, is you could flip flop this anyway. And now you won't get, if you would literally just about take any player here, even Jamar chase higher and you're mixing another guy down, you're not getting any argument for me. Cause here's where that tier ends essentially right around here. Like I'm real interested about Jalen Waddle and putting Jalen Waddle in this tier too. So I'm not going to say it just like drops off here. Well, it certainly does drop off here and I want to put Jalen Waddle in this tier too, but like this is at one ten. And I'm getting Jamar Chase. Like one, 111. 111. Yeah, 111. Yeah. So basically, if you throw Waddle in there for a Superflex League, the whole first round is a tier where in any order they go, I'm going to pat you on the back and say, good pick. You just got yourself a good player. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's where I look at. Because I think, again, I think Jalen Waddle is just such a freak. He offers such high potential for fantasy football upside. And I know we're talking about Jamar Chase here. But, like, I mean, <laughs> all these guys at 112, I just want to say, like, if you have a first-round pick, in this league, I think the only one I'm coming away like nervous about is Trey Lance. I swear. That's it. That's all. So like, if I end up with Trey Lance, like that's what I'm going, Oh, I hope this works out. Everybody else. I'm like, barring that Mac Jones goes to San Francisco. Everybody else. I'm like, I feel very confident in this pick. Very confident. I'm sure a lot of people are confident in Trey Lance, but I'm telling you, I have 
I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be bad, but I have the least confidence of all these players in the first round in him. And they, like, again, somebody's going to have to bust. Now, all these guys are going to be good. Somebody's going to bust. So I'm saying the odds are going to be Trey Lance is going to be a bust because somebody's got to bust and everybody else is too good. I mean, Jabbar Chase is somebody who came in and set an SEC record with Joe Burrow with 1,780 receiving yards. He's just one of those receiving guys that does everything well. I think our only knack on him is he took some plays off. That's pretty much that's pretty much about it. He doesn't have much dog in him as a guy like uh, Devontae Smith, who's way smaller than him. That's it, man. You nailed it right there. Um, those are really the only negatives you could say about the guy. I mean, he was he's obviously bigger. Um, he, he ran a forty in like the four three, was it seven or eight range? Um, and he makes spectacular plays. But like you said, there were you know some blocking issues. He's not he's not going to, he's not going to give hundred percent effort in that running game. Um, and, and some plays where the ball's not coming to him. He kind of, you can tell, uh, yeah. it doesn't affect your fantasy football score, but still, I mean, it's, right. it, that gives you a little glimpse into to, to his diva. It could be a potential, be like a diva down exactly. the road, which sometimes that could turn into a problem, you know, when okay. it comes to holdouts or fancy, but then, or you get traded, you would do another team, and that doesn't always work out either. Not saying that, not saying whatsoever that's Jamar Chase. I have no, like, I'm not saying that. But when you're talking about what, when players are so close, you got to pick. You got, you got to be very nitpicky, and that's what we did here. So, I, but here I am at 111. It's extremely ecstatic. I got Jamar Chase. I just came in second place last year in the championship game, and now I'm at Jamar Chase. Mm. Look out, sky's the limit, Garrett. Mm. Let's end out the first round here. You're at 112. How are you going to end this dynastic first round? We're yeah, it's tough. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Chase fall one more pick uh, because I do think he's he's so safe. He reminds me of Najee, even though he's not my top guy. I feel very comfortable taking him because I, I don't feel like there's a lot of bust potential there. I had a really hard time with this, this selection uh, because there's, you know, three to four guys here that I think are very, very deserving and are very, very good players. And they're all at the wide receiver position. I ended up going and sticking with my board, the guy that was my third-ranked wide receiver. That's Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman's one of the more true prototypical X-type receivers that we have in this class. And uh, one of the things, even after we, we did our show, I had a couple of people reaching out to me, and they said, you know, Garrett, you guys talked about how 2020 was a little bit worse than 2019, and that was some of your concerns, but you love his 2019 tape. Apparently, he legitimately had COVID right, right before the season started. Um, and so I think that played a role into him being behind and, you know, getting up to date with the offense because he couldn't play with them. You know, and then, you know, Cam Newton talked about it this year, how you're just off, like everything doesn't feel right. It's not working right. So if I go off of 2019 tape, he is like in the same tier in 2019 as guys like Chase and guys like Smith and guys that were in last year's class. He was that dynamic. He was the leader on that offense, even though Tyler Johnson, who ended up getting drafted last year, a little bit later, I believe he was the fifth round, if I if I remember correctly. But fifth on, or sixth, yep. Something like that. But on talent, there was like some off the field concerns and he like stopped, like didn't go to the combine at the last minute and weird stuff like that. But, you know, on talent, people were talking about him as like a second, third round pick. It was just the other stuff that bumped him down. That didn't matter. Rashad Bateman was the best receiver on that team that year. And, and it was clear as day. Another guy that there's not a lot of holes. I don't think he's a burner, but he still gets down the field just fine. Technician in and out of his breaks really good hands. Like I really like a lot of things about Rashad Bateman. 
will he necessarily hit the ceiling of, you know, maybe some of these other players that get taken a hair later? Maybe not, but he is extremely safe and he could fit into that prototypical X receiver much easier than most of the guys here. So I'm going to play it a little bit safe and take a guy that I think could be one of those 70 catch for a thousand yards year in, year out for a while. Yeah, I love Bateman. I love this pick. I absolutely love Bateman a ton, man. I love him a ton. I'm I'm actually glad that you told me about the the COVID um stuff because I I didn't know that. I hadn't read that. And his 2020 tape was, I think, one of these things that was kind of sticking in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and dropping him down my board a little bit because I just didn't understand because there was times that he just looked lazy or lethargic and or just uninterested i couldn't figure it out what exactly the adjective i want to use for it um but it's 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 it was perplexing me and i was having a hard time and i had dropped him down due to that but uh, an explanation like having covid right before the season starts goes a long way to i think explaining what i saw and it it helps me make some sense of it um and, and kind of not discount it completely but at least put it in. Would, would he bump up a couple spots for you now? I, knowing I, think, that? He, I think he probably would. Um, Cause I, I like the 2019 stuff. Like you were saying, it, it was just like night and day, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, that's what makes this year in particular so hard because it, it is such, it was such a weird year for everybody. And it's hard to tell what is, what's going on in everyone's head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and what kind of motivates them to go and, and you know, were they kind of, going out there and doing it because they thought they needed to for something or because they wanted to actually be there. Um, but it sounds like Rashad Bateman, you know, was legitimately wanted to be out there. He was just having a hard time, you know, struggling through some things at the beginning of the year. So at this, at this point in the draft though, I don't really have a big issue with it. I probably would have taken who I took next um, before him. Regardless. And, and he was close for me. Like I, yeah. the next two or three guys, I was all like, oh, I could go there. Oh, I could go there. You know, I think this is a really good tier of players. It is. Yeah. So at, at two, one, I'm going to end up going um, with Elijah Moore um, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. And this just the explosiveness that I saw out of this guy, um, you know, obviously just, you know, you look at the stats first and foremost, eight games played and 1193 yards and eight touchdowns, um, which is just insane numbers. He was like almost, almost beating records and stuff. And he only played in eight games last year. Um, but five foot nine, 178 pounds, four, three, five in the 40, four flat in the 20 yard shuttle and 6.66 seconds in the three cone. These are just sick movement numbers. This guy is a weapon with the ball in his hand, no matter where he catches it. He's got ridiculous hands to go along with all of it, all of his quick tit twitch kind of um, movement skills. I Elijah Moore is one of these guys that the more and more I think of it, and the more and more I watch of him, the higher and higher he's getting on my board. Um, so I really like Elijah Moore. And at this point, to get him in the second round, the first pick in the second round is just ridiculous. It's real whole slip and serve flex leagues. And, and again, I, we, we just talked about Elijah Moore last show, so we all know how much we love him, so we don't need to go on about Elijah Moore. As we get to the back here in the second round, we are going to go through the second round a little bit quicker here because we are running a little bit, well, we almost did a whole show here on these first round guys. Before right. we get into our second round, before I keep going on, let's hear a quick word from a couple of our sponsors here. First one is our friends at realitysportsonline.com. Right now, if you haven't tried out realitysportsonline.com, I encourage you to get over there right now because right now you get 10% off with the promo code of either your team or your league with that promo code 
nerds. And right now, whether it be free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tag, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contracts and salary camp functionality, and so much more, Reality Sports Online gives you the opportunity and gives you that really close feeling to run an NFL team. That's what auction leagues do. They, you know, you get a salary cap and you got to build a team within those within those numbers. So if you're looking for a really realistic way to play fantasy football, dynasty fantasy football, Reality Sports Online gives you just that. They're the number one auction site in the world today. And we've been friends with these guys going back since they initially launched and beta tested their site because we're around for the beta testing. So that's how good and powerful it is because it's still stuck around to this day. Reality sports online is a really fun way to play fantasy football. Maybe you play in all leagues on either sleeper and NFL and you want to switch up a little bit reality sports online.com today. Use that promo code nerds, get 10% off on your team or your league today. Fantasy just got real at reality sports online.com. I get the pleasure of talking about the incredible folks over at predictionstrike.com. Don't you wish you could have had a stock in one of these superstars like Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Lamar Jackson? You wish you could have had stock in one of these guys early on before they hit it big. It's why we do these shows to tell you who those guys are going to be. I know I'm personally going to be investing in that Javante Williams uh, stock because I think the name value alone will suppress the price a little bit. So uh, I'm going I'm going to be looking to uh, snatch Javante Williams, but that's what you get to do at predictionstrike.com. You get to create a portfolio of different athletes that you acquire and you get to look at them like stock options. Guys you can buy, guys you can sell, when to buy low, sell high. All of that kind of stuff. Best part, you get $10 free with your first deposit of $20 more if you use the code DYNASTY. That's $10 free with your first deposit of $20 or more with the code DYNASTY at predictionstrike.com. And not to mention, they have an app, and it's awesome. As Sully says, we get through the second round here. We're on 2-2. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pick up the pace just a little bit here and not be as in detail because once we do the NFL draft, we got to remember, once the draft is over, we're going to break down the rookie draft uh, in our following show next week. But then we're going to do another mock draft. So and then we'll get we'll have a little bit more time because we we'll do each round per show here to make sure we get in some really good detail to give you our analysis of that player as they land their land spots. So and on top of that, to- the next show, we're talking about the top 36 guys. So well, you'll hear more if we miss one of these guys. And even then, we're going to slow down a little bit because we talked. We just talked about the top end guys here as well. So yep. she'll be a little bit quicker here too for the nerd herd. But I'm going to clock here at two two. Another guy we talked about last week, Joan Waddle. I don't need to go into detail about it uh, as much, but at two two, this is absolutely stealing for my eyes. He offers potentially the most highest upside when it comes to fantasy production at the receiver position. A guy who runs. Don't think of him just as a speedster. He runs really good routes. He has solid hands. Guy gets in and out of his breaks extremely smoothly, and he's going to enter the league as one of the fastest receivers on the field from day one. Jalen Waddle is electric, cheap mode at that position. And for me, get him at 2-2, I absolutely love it. I still think we're at a high-end tier here in the second round. Garrett, you're up at 2-3. Yeah, I'm ecstatic to get Rondale Moore here at 2-3. This is a player that we were talking about going within the top three or four picks, even in super flex formats just a year ago. So to be able to get him not at the beginning of the first round, but at the beginning of the second round, once again, shows you the depth of this class. 
but I do really like Rondale more. He is a little bit more landing spot dependent than some of these other guys, but he offers incredible upside. We're talking about speed, strength, and a guy that is just able to make plays. I really, really like Rondale more, and I think it's an incredible value with the upside that he offers at 2-3. All right, so I'm up at 2-4. I am going to go Terrace Marshall, wide receiver LSU, six foot three, 205 pounds, ran a four, four, had a 39 inch vertical. Obviously this is a guy that, um, you know, he kind of missed the boat. He probably, you know, would have loved to have come out last year, but he was only a sophomore. So he's here for, for, um, one more year here in 2020 only played in seven games, but had 731 yards, 10 touchdowns. He has a ton of upside, a former uh, five-star guy, um, coming out of high school, you know, the quarterback situation wasn't what it was when Joe Burrow was there this past year. So he didn't get a chance to shine. I don't think, you know, he did go back to the, the combine medical recheck and there was something that popped up. I haven't heard exactly what it is. So if this is one of these guys that some of his foot, was it with his foot? Okay. So if he slips on draft day, that means it was a serious issue with his foot. If he gets taken early, then it was something that wasn't that big of a deal. We shouldn't pay much attention to it. So as of right now, without knowing the information on his, on the foot, I'm going to take him here and feel pretty good about the upside. Yeah. I like that pick a lock. And right here, this is where that's where it ends for me at two, four, two, four and on. If you have picked two, four and on as of today, I feel like you're in a good tier that you're coming away with. So if you have pick one, one to one, four, you're coming away with two really high quality players. Cause once we hit this two, five range, things really open up for me and they go a wide different variety of ways because from two, four on, those are the guys every single time for me. Now the draft is going to change some things here, most likely, and maybe add to that tier, but those guys are locked in because right here is where it gets to an opportunity for me going, okay, I can go a variety of different ways. So the way I went with Ken was Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. I know, you know, five foot, 11, 195 pounds, but I, I, of all the reports I read, Kenneth Gainwell is in Michael Carter, probably be that next tier of running backs off the board in the NFL draft. So I am envisioning just like we're envisioning Mac Jones in San Francisco, Kenneth Gainwell is going to find himself in a very juicy spot come draft day. And in one QB leagues, I can see envision Kenneth Gainwell getting a bump into the back end of the first round because he's going to be one of those draft day boosters him, or maybe it's Michael Carter. We'll see another running back in that uh, category. We don't know who, maybe he's even a guy like Chuba Hubbard, but I'm going to stick with Kenneth Gainwell here. A guy who has that home run potential every time he gets the football in his hands. Uh, this guy has fantastic production. And obviously he heard good, good enough things from him that he was able to opt out last year and not play in Memphis. So all reports coming back to him was like, Hey man, Right now, the NFL looks at you good enough where you don't even have to play in 2020. Just go ahead and sit out, work on your game, get ready for the draft, and good things are going to come. So if we see Kenneth Gainwell get drafted on the second day of the NFL draft without playing at all in 2020, that's going to say a lot of what that team thinks of him and his opportunity with the NFL team. So I think Kenneth Gainwell, I'm going to gamble here as the next pick on where I think he'll be at after it come next week because – these guys are such a wide variety. I had to sit down and think about how I want to go. And that was a decision maker for me. All right. At two, six, with this being a tight end premium, I thought this was a great value for Pat Fryermuth, uh, tight end at a Penn state, a guy that we didn't get to see as much of this season due to his injury, but we're talking about the complete package. We're talking about a guy that has the, the prototypical size that you want. He can block, 
He can catch. You can line up up as a stand-up Y. He can be end of the line blocker or inline blocker. Whatever you want him to do, he can be that guy. Very, very strong at the catch point. I think he's not the fastest player on the field, but his speed isn't necessarily a concern for me by any stretch of the imagination. Runs pretty good routes. There's a lot to like in his game. He reminds me a little bit of Cole Komet last year, only he does a lot of the things Cole Komet does just a little bit better. So if I can get him in the middle of the second round in a tight end premium league where it there's really only one other tight end that's a maybe and then it just falls off, I'm I'm excited to get him at 2-6. I think you're doing really well with uh, for yourself if you're getting Pat Fryermuth at this point in the draft yep. in, a, in a tight end premium. So that was a very nice pick. Um, I'm going to move on here, uh, 207. I am going to go with Michael Carter. You mentioned, um, you know, Kenneth Gainwell and Michael Carter kind of being these, the next tier after those, those top guys. Um, and I really do kind of, I, I see Michael Carter in that tier. Um, I don't love Kenneth Gainwell as much as you do. Um, uh, but I do think Michael Carter is one of these explosive guys that, um, can kind of carve out a niche and, and make some big plays in, in the NFL he was actually the guy that led North Carolina in, in rushing this past season. And he, he's a, a little bit more of a straight line ish runner than uh, a Javante is, but he is very explosive and makes nice, uh, nice uh, big plays. And I really like everything about him. So at this point I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, he's five foot eight, 202 pounds. So he's, he's shorter, but he, he's got a nice stocky build to him. I think he can hold up at the NFL level pretty nicely. Yeah, that's who I was torn between, Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell there. Um, again, I want to see where they end up. They're so close to me. Uh, I, I, I used to not play in 2020, and assuming he gets drafted still high as my tiebreaker. But I, I love them both here. Uh, I think they're, I think I think both those three picks that we just made was like an, almost another tier for me. <laughs> I mean, like I like all three of those guys a lot, and I can see myself come draft day, like that. That's where I want to be my next tier. Like I want one of those guys. So I'm on a clock now. I went, I'm on say I'm on Ross St. Brown here, just a very safe football player who just like the player itself. When you watch his tape, you don't get blown away by him, but like right now in a pre mock draft, I want to come up with a safe player. I think I'm on say Brown is a very safe player. Like he'll have a spot in an NFL team. There's a very good chance to be a number two on an NFL team. And with that, you get, you know, fancy ball production. Could he be a Sterling Shepard? Maybe, but maybe not. So Right now, the way he can go and win those jump balls and the way he can be productive, I feel very good here. In the back end of the second round, getting a player of Amon Rossi Brown's uh, value this late without knowing where he's going to end up come this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a very polished guy. And um, to get him right now, I think, he, I think he can come to an NFL team and start contributing almost right away. So I think that's a very nice value right here. I actually almost took him at two six and just the, with the premium, I, I couldn't pass on Firemouth, but I do like Amon Ra quite a bit uh, at two nine. I went with a running back that I think I'm a little bit higher on than consensus is, but he looked really good in 2019, but he was mostly just used as a between the tackles guy. He had actually posted on his Twitter that he was declaring for the NFL draft, but then never actually hired an agent. And two days later was basically like, ah, never mind. I'm coming back to school. Uh, so he was very, very close to deciding to come out, but decided to stay in school for one more year. And part of that was because he had heard that Mike Leak was coming to town. He would get to finally display his pass catching chops. 
He definitely got to do that in 2020. In fact, he got to catch the ball more than he ran it. And I think at that point he was just kind of fed up, but this is one of the few players left in this class at the running back position that actually has both prototypical size and speed. A lot of the rest of the guys you're going to see are either undersized guys or have the right size, but they're very slow. Uh, this is one of the few players that have both of those things. And we know that he can do it between the tackles and catch the football. This, this player, if he gets day two capital, which is probably a stretch, but if he gets at the end of the third round or even at the beginning of the fourth round, I could, I could see him carving out a nice role for himself. So I think there's more upside on him than there are a lot of other running backs at this, at this point in time. Yeah. I'm interested where he goes. It's not like, it's a very solid player. And I know you like him a lot. And I think he's right there. Like he's right there at Chuba Hubbard with me. You know what I mean? Like for me yeah. personally, like I can see that I'm looking. So Matt, you're on the clock. Um, at 210, I'm going to go Kadarius Tony, and it's just based ah, off his ridiculous great. upside, man. Um, this Good guy pick. is he's so explosive. If he could learn to run a route, uh, he would be the one of the biggest weapons in this whole entire draft. He's just, uh, you know, obviously this the senior bowl, um, highlighted some issues with his hands, which I did not see on tape, so that I, I don't really think his hands are an issue. He can beat people and get a ton of separation just off his quicks. And if he could learn how to run a route to go along with that, he's going to be a very dangerous player at the NFL level. Yeah, we're, we talked about this draft, how we came a little bit disappointed with these players here on this draft. I still feel like the, the, the top two rounds are very, very well represented here in Superflex tight end premium leagues because getting a guy like Kadarius Tony is your last pick in the second round almost. It, it, it's a high-quality upside player. I love it. I'm on the clock here. Next, I'm going to go Brevin Jordan out of Miami, six foot three, two forty five. I know it was the lowest out of all of us here on Brevin Jordan at the tight end position, but I do love his athleticism. I like the fact that he was the number one tight end coming out of high school, goes to Miami, has a solid career there. And I, I like his upside enough here in a tight end premium league to take him at the back end of the second, knowing I'm going to get all, a lot of those running backs are still in that same cluster and all those receivers. Like I got to go on like, an Austin Watkins here and been pretty happy with that too. But I could also get like, you know, the difference between Austin Watkins and Amari Rogers isn't too far off from me either. So I'm going to take that last guy in that tier for tight end for me in a tight end premium league. And then just take one of those receivers on the next time back. That was my decision-making. There's not even necessarily that I like, I like other players, maybe a hair more than Brevin Jordan, but in tight end premium league, I can't even pass up that opportunity. And this, in this format, with this picker at the back end of the second round at 211. Again, I'm a championship caliber team. Win now. I'm most likely not starting any of these young receivers. Most likely none of these running backs are going to come in and help me here that I like. Maybe maybe a guy like Chuba Hubbard. I'm sure there's a running back that lands in some good spots here. I can go over here and just kind of pick here. But right now, this format, tight end premium, Revan Jordan's to pick. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. And this last pick here, there it was really one of those situations where I could have gone anywhere. And in a real draft, I'm probably not taking this player at 212 because I can get him a round and a half later, probably at this point. Uh, and it's Austin Watkins Jr. And it was a guy that all three of us, it, it's it's very rare for a sleeper to be somebody that all three of us are in on because that's kind of the nature of a sleeper is like somebody catches something about that player that really excites them. So for all three of us to be on board, that was part of my, my reasoning for taking him here. But I've seen people that have done pre-NFL draft mocks and 
he's going in the fourth and fifth round in most of those. So I wouldn't have to take him at 212. I'd probably take him too high at 312, but I would do it then to make sure I get him. But I wanted to make sure I talk about him because on raw talent, if I was going true to my board, Austin Watkins would be the next guy here. And this is who I would take here. I do think he's a very solid all-around receiver. Another interesting class with the wide receiver. We have a lot of undersized guys. Austin Watkins is not that. He has the size, strength, and ability to be an X receiver. I'm really, really curious to see where he gets drafted. I've heard rumblings that it could be higher than some people expect, but you hear that every year. He could he could be uh, you know late third, early fourth round pick just as easily as he could be a sixth round pick. So it's really tough to say where he ends up going, but I really like his talent. Yeah, solid pick. And you're right, you probably could wait on him, but I like your point. Why do you get him across it? And that's it. This is one of the longer shows we've done in a while, uh, but you know, it's a big time of the year and we're getting ready for it. And I know we all love the NFL draft and a lot of it for dynasty purposes, but I hope everybody gets to take this weekend too. I mean, this is what something I've loved for as long as I can remember. And something that I have a good group of friends. We do the same thing year in, year out. We get together for this draft and we absolutely love it. Now being a Cleveland Browns fan, of course, the draft has been very important for us for the last 20 years. Cause we're always picking the top 10. We've always been terrible. That's no longer the case, but I mean, you got to remember, this is not only a good time for Dynasty Fans football, but it's also a very good time for your actual favorite NFL team this year because it's a chance for your team to get a little bit better and get a young player under contract and help your team make that, you know, our number one pursuit is for our team to win that Super Bowl. So I hope everybody really enjoys the week. Uh, I'm really excited that the draft is in my backyard this year in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so I'm going down this weekend to take part in some of the festivities down there and take a look. Uh, my wife kept asking me, like, are you actually going to go and watch the pick players? I was like, absolutely not. What are you out of your mind? I get so much information on TV to hang out with my friends. I don't want to see <laughs> Roger Goodell come out there and make an announcement on the stage. And I got to stand around for 20 minutes, look at my phone, Twitter for updates. No, I want to be at home. I want to watch the draft. Maybe if we're at 1-1 one, one and we had a chance to take Baker Mayfield. But even then, we take Baker Mayfield, that headed out right back home to see what Mel Kuyper had to say or somebody on the NFL Network. So I hope everybody enjoys the weekend. I know I love it. I know you guys love it. Uh, next week, we're going to break down the NFL draft. So we'll, both shows, both the free show and the Nerd Herd episode, will both be us breaking down the draft. Obviously, the free show will stop up the, top, the first couple rounds, and then we'll end up talking about some players that we're really interested from day three on in the third round on as well. Cause there's gonna be a lot of offensive and, players. And we're doing that show rounds. early, right? We're, we're going to record that Sunday night next week as well. And so that'll be out, should be out Sunday night, Monday morning. Yeah. That way it's going to be ready for all of you drafters ready to go. So same thing. We'll have that ready to go here real early. Want to get out right away. So that way you're prepared for your NFL rookie dynasty drafts. I said NFL drafts, dynasty drafts. I'm way confused. We'll be back next week. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the draft. Adios.